When Callaway introduced the Apex Irons, they created the Player's Distance Iron category. Now they've redefined it with the Apex 21, the first forged irons designed with artificial intelligence. Apex's classic forged craftsmanship is paired with futuristic AI for a combination of tour feel, incredible distance, and shot-making control. In 21, there's an Apex for everyone. With the Apex, the Apex Pro, and the new forgiving Apex DCB. Nothing delivers everything like Apex. Find your Apex at CallawayGolf.ca. As the COVID-19 pandemic has dragged on, some businesses have raised concerns over their ability to keep workers on staff due to shutdowns, but also due to government benefits and COVID anxiety keeping people at home. And as the government looks to roll back some of these benefits, there are concerns that it's too soon, as it's unclear whether we're approaching a true return to normal. I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10-3. National Post political reporter Jesse Snyder joins me to discuss why businesses are worried about filling vacant jobs why the government is rolling back benefits for workers and employers, and what the political fallout could be. Don't forget, we're on Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you get your favorite shows. Heck, we're even on Amazon Music now. Don't forget to leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about us. So Jesse, due to business shutdowns and job losses due to the pandemic, early on, the federal government stepped up And since last year, they've provided a host of supports for Canadian companies and workers. Before we get into some specifics about where we're at now, how much has all that support cost the Treasury? And specifically, how much has gone into the Canadian Emergency Response Benefit and the Canadian Recovery Benefit, also known as the CERB and the CRB? Yeah, so at this point, it's at about $93 all told. Uh, Most of that has gone into the CERB. The CERB, I think, is the name that probably most Canadians are more familiar with. 20 billion of that has gone into the Canada Recovery Benefit, which is uh, the more recent sort of name change program, although it's the the nuts and bolts of it are, are really the same. But at this point, we're nearing about 100 billion. So this is a substantial program by any measure, especially that it's happened in a little over a year. This is a, a sizable amount of cash. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about, I think it was 500 a week. Is that how much workers were getting on CERB and CRB? And is that expected to continue for much longer? So it's been 500 a week, yeah, 2,000 a month since the very beginning. And a lot of people have tapped into it. You have about a million people at any given time using this program. So it's quite substantial from that perspective, too. This is all about to come down in July. So July, for the first time, we're going to see a cut to this program by about 40% or down to $300 per week. So this is quite a substantial cut, again, considering how many people are using the program. And it's the first time this has been cut in over a year since it was first brought in. So this is a, a pretty substantial change to, I think, the program that most people associate with the pandemic. You know, CERB is really the flagship program again. So it's about to come down. Why has the federal government decided that it's time to reduce the CRB? It basically comes down to this question of when do you begin to ease off the pedal on a program like this and allow the economy to recover? Basically, what you're doing is you're telling people to stay home. You've shut down the economy, as as everybody knows, the government sort of enforced the shutdown, and it basically paid people, gave people money in their pockets in order to stay home. Now that we've reached this point where... Vaccination rates are coming up. You know, the summer months are, are helping us as well. 
we're in this tailwind right now where all the discussion is about economic recovery, jobs numbers are going up, that sort of thing. Basically, you're at this point now where you start to think we need to incentivize people to return to work and return to normal. And in order to do that, you can't have this benefit package sitting there waiting for them. So it's all about this kind of tightrope you have to walk because there's still a lot of people out of work. As you know, there's still a lot of restaurants that are not doing indoor dining in Ontario. There's just a lot of people who can't return to work and are going to need that benefit. And yet there's a lot of employers on the other end who are trying to open back up and apparently are, are struggling to hire due in part to this program because some people are simply choosing to take the benefit rather than risk going back to work or because simply they they don't want to go back to work. So it's this very difficult balance, especially because we're in a position where we're not entirely certain where the economy is going. We still could have you know another variant come in that forces more shutdowns or whatever it may be. So this is not this exact science where you can just trim back the program a little bit just as jobs come up and it's going to be this perfect fit. Mm-hmm. But they are under a lot of pressure to reduce it for sure. And, and they have been for months. Yeah, I mean, you've had this pandemic, many instances leading to people losing their jobs as businesses had to shut down. But now that, as you say, now that businesses are opening back up, we're seeing a lot of jobs go unfilled, which has to be hard on businesses. How many vacant jobs are there out there right now? And how does that compare to before the pandemic? Yeah, so at this point, I think the latest numbers we have is March, and there's 630,000 job openings in Canada right now. And, And that's at least several tens of thousands higher than it was before the pandemic. That's just a lot of vacancies to fill. And I sort of saw that anecdotally in some of the business owners I talked to for my story, where they'll be talking to to workers who are basically going through the numbers, going through the math, you know, right in front of their managers saying, look, I could come back to work for X, or I could simply take in this benefit and yeah, I'll take this much of a cut, but I can stay home with my family or do whatever. So just considering all of these vacancies, I think this is something that's happening in a widespread way across the country. And, you know, that's a lot of jobs to fill. Are we talking about minimum wage jobs or is it kind of a a variety of jobs where people are just saying, you know, it's just kind of not worth it. I don't have childcare in the event that I have to go back to work, or I'm worried about my kids going into a childcare setting because of variants, or I'm working in a job where I just don't feel safe. What's driving this? A lot of this involves minimum wage or around minimum wage jobs. However, there were people I talked to who are getting paid $23, $24, $25 an hour who are still making this determination that it's better to stay home. So I think, you know, some people have tried to frame this strictly as, you know, this is just proof that minimum wage needs to come higher and it's all minimum wage workers who aren't coming back. I don't think that's entirely true, though. Generally, I think that it's true in the sense that this is certainly a question that pertains mostly to people on the lower end of the spectrum, right? This doesn't involve people raking in a lot of money every month who are suddenly just going to take a third of their income in order to be on on the Canada recovery benefit. So I think it is a range. A lot of people on the lower end, like I said, after I wrote this story about CERB and about hiring troubles, a lot of people reach out because I think a lot of people say, well, this is actually going to be part of a broader reckoning where for years, employers have just been underpaying minimum wage workers or people who make around minimum wage, and that this is going to spur some kind of social change. 
these employers need to recognize that this is what people were saying to me, need to recognize that the sort of status quo isn't working anymore and that they expect more value for what they provide. So it's this interesting push and pull. A lot of people are saying, well, not only is this benefit here for me, but there's kind of a broader issue here where I don't, I don't feel valued enough in my work. And I think a lot of people across this country would probably feel that way. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's a range of things, but I think it is mainly people around the lower income bracket for sure. The other benefit that has been in place in Canada for the better part of the last year has been the Canadian emergency wage subsidy, which has topped up companies to allow them to keep workers on staff. And as restrictions lift and businesses reopen across Canada, are the feds planning on rolling that back just like they are with the CRB? Yeah, exactly. So it's the same thing happening with queues, as we call it, the wage subsidy. That has been covering 75% of wages for months and months now. And, and in July, that's going to come down, I believe, to around 60%. I could be wrong on that. I, I think they're going to continue to trip it back till the end of September. I don't don't recall the exact numbers right now. But this is another thing that for people who have had trouble hiring potential employees, th- this is just yet another program that because this is now coming down, they're saying, well, lockdowns are still in place. I'm having trouble hiring people because of this benefit. And to make matters worse in July, you're now going to be covering less of the wages that I've had to cover all along. So this is really putting them in a pinch on two ends is the way it's it's kind of been described to me. So that's another major program that's going to go through a major change in July. And business owners are certainly very aware of that. You have business owners who are feeling like the CRB and CERB keeping people from work and now they're worried that you know their revenues may not be great so they they need a hand potentially to keep workers on staff but they're rolling that back so i get the sense that businesses may be kind of happy that crb is coming down because that might allow them to bring people back to work but they may not be able to afford to pay their salary fully so they need the help of the fed so are businesses feeling a little let down here by the feds and on the flip side what are people saying in opposition to reducing the CRB? I mean, business owners have felt like they've been overlooked throughout this entire pandemic. I mean, in some ways, they've had to take the weight of a lot of this, right? If you're just an average worker, I know 2000 a month is not a lot. It's less than most people would prefer, certainly. Mm-hmm. But if you're a business owner and you've poured millions of dollars into this work over the years, and now you come to this pandemic, I mean, they've been asked to shoulder a lot of the weight here. And that's not always a popular attitude to have because I think a lot of people, again, think that, uh, that, you know, they feel underpaid and there's that, again, push and pull between employers and employees. But they certainly feel that the government has not been overly responsive. I mean, when they first brought in the wage subsidy, it was just 10%, which they said doesn't help anybody, is not going to save a single job. And it took months and months for that to change. And every successive change that comes in has taken some time. However, they are quite happy to see CRB coming down, I think, in July, because this is a substantial cut. If you imagine somebody sitting at home making 2000 the moment that's dropped to 1200 I think that makes all the difference in the world mm-hmm. to some families. Now, if you have several kids, I mean, whatever it is, $2,000 still isn't going to cover it. But if you're a single person living in the city, that $800 difference, I think, is very substantial. The other side of this, so you, so you ask about what the argument is for keeping CERB higher, it's really just that people still can't return to work. You know, if you imagine you're in the hotel business or in restaurants, 
you're still perhaps months away from any kind of semblance of normal. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people have returned on a part-time basis, which has left them worse off because now they're not eligible for the benefit. They're making less money than they would under the benefit and are still going to work on an occasional basis and still running the risk of uh, contracting COVID or whatever their concern might be. This is definitely the concern that you're seeing more on on the, the left of the political spectrum is that these lockdowns are still in place. Things are getting better, but you know, you still have a million people tapping into this program. You can't just leave them to fend for themselves for the last few months of this thing. You know, the people who are overseeing these tweaks to the program are facing a very difficult question here, for sure. It's a, it's a, it's a challenging balance. You talk to business owners, you talk to employees. Do you get a sense that there's any optimism that things are getting back to normal sooner? Are people still really uneasy about the business climate in Canada? Most business owners are quite certain that things will get back to normal and actually are growing somewhat impatient and and believe that some of these lagging restrictions have actually slowed the recovery and more specifically in in their operations, slowed their businesses return to normal. Mm -hmm. I don't know. This is an ongoing thing, as you know, that that we've kind of been fighting over through the pandemic is, you know, how quickly do you return back? If if you do too quickly, you could have this uh, snapback effect with cases I think the difference now is that we're now vaccinating 20-year-olds. I mean, we we have a lot of people already with their second dose. I think if that hasn't got us there, I think a lot of people sort of wonder, how are we actually measuring when we're going to return to normal? Again, they're growing quite impatient with it. It's, again, one of these things you sort of hear arguments from all sides. But I think, in general, we've been pretty slow to lift these restrictions and I don't think necessarily these companies think we've been regional enough. Some of them are, you know, outside of the major city centers and they're saying, you know, we've had like one new case in this county in, in like mm-hmm. <laughs> the last few months and we're still not allowed to have people sitting on our patios. So that's certainly been their argument. There's been a lot of talk of whether or not Canadians will go to the polls this year. And obviously, because most of the government's response to this pandemic has revolved around the role the government has to play in supporting Canadians in the event of a drastic emergency like a pandemic. How has the announcement that they're rolling back some of these benefits gone over in Ottawa? I mean, it, it certainly caught the attention of the NDP. The NDP for some time now, I mean, this is this is nothing new, but they've been sort of battling with the Liberals for the left. I mean, under Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, Uh, the Liberals have taken quite a sharp left turn. They've sort of assumed that true left territory that the NDP has always occupied for many, many years. And that's been a a struggle for the NDP. And I think they see this as a potential point of uh, differentiation between themselves and the Liberals. Uh, They've been coming out pretty hard on this. They've, for several weeks now, have been putting out statements. Jagmeet Singh's been talking about this program a lot. And I think they see a major opportunity here. Again, there's you know a million people using this program. All of them are aware that it's about to be cut back because this is their livelihoods. And so for a party that's kind of struggled to differentiate itself from the liberals who are just spending enormously in this pandemic and have this sort of very socially conscious messaging, mm-hmm. I think coming into the election, this is one of the main points that the NDP are just going to hear them hammering on this. The Liberals, I think, from a political perspective, would much rather keep the CRB where it's at because it just is much easier politically. 
But I think the rationale for doing that is just going away every day. I mean, especially with vaccination rates going up and industry groups calling on you to ease these benefit payments. So it puts the liberals in a tough position. And I think the NDP knows that. And that's going to be something that if we do, in fact, go into a fall election, I think you're going to hear the NDP on this quite regularly. I guess we'll see how this all plays out politically for Justin Trudeau over the summer. Jesse, thanks for your time. Thanks for having me on. 103 is produced by Sean Knox, theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest, Jesse Snyder. More from him at nationalpost.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.